The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to uh, bring you some great guests, as always, and an outstanding handicapper. Uh, we were scheduled to have uh, Jackie T.D. Houghton as our first guest, but uh, I got a text from T.D. Uh, a couple hours ago, and uh, he checked himself into the hospital with flu-like conditions. He's not sure what it is, but he said he sure didn't feel good enough to give us a good interview. So I uh, thank him for calling in early. Of course, he just reached his 5,500-win milestone, and the Jockeys Guild voted him comeback jockey of the year. So uh, we'll reschedule TD, but I must say we rescheduled uh, a guest uh, who uh, certainly is no stranger to the airwaves here and no stranger to anybody on the national racing scene, and that's the one and only five-time Eclipse Award winner, Jenny Reese. Jenny, of course, uh, retired or took a buyout from the Courier-Journal. She's one of the top turf writers in the country, and uh, she's been going about, as she says, reinventing herself, and she's done quite the job doing that. So we'll talk to Jenny about all the projects that she has in the works. And then another one of our favorite handicappers on Winning Ponies, Jay Pribman's going to be with us. Of course, uh, Jay, one of the leading correspondents for the Daily Racing Forum. He's located on the West Coast, and that's where the biggest races of the weekend are. On Saturday, we're going to see the San Philippe that's going to give 50 points to the winner to get on to the Kentucky Derby. And what an evenly matched group it is there. Perhaps Exaggerator has a slight edge. And then the just classic mile and a quarter Santa Anita Handicap. The list of horses that have won this race is a who's who in racing. And then the grade one, a Frank Kilrow, a fantastic field in there. And then at seven furlongs, the grade two San Carlos. So Daily Racing Forms, Jay Pribman is going to help us out with those items. And once again, best wishes uh, sent out to T.D. Houghton. Hope uh, it was just a really bad tummy ache, and he's back in the saddle soon. Uh, we've got some really good races on tap over the weekend. Of course, those that I already mentioned at Santa Anita. Uh, there's going to be some big ones at Tampa Bay. Aqueduct's got the Tom Fool. Oaklawn's got the Honey Bee. And Turfway's got the John Battaglia Memorial, Mike's dad. We've got some news about Mike later in, in the show. So uh, make sure that you go to winningponies.com and pull down the easy win forms because they're going to help you get some winners in those races I just named. 
had an unbelievable hit at Santa Anita back on the 5th, a $1 super, over $20,000 payoff. Of course, we go from coast to coast. At Gulfstream, we had a $1 Super 5 key that paid 2371 We even played tracks like Charlestown, where we came away with a $1 tri-key. How do you like this? $2,245. And we don't forget other tracks like Turf Paradise, where we had a $1 Super, paid over 1700 And down at Delta Downs. A 50-cent Super 5 key, 1,709. Remember, those are the easy win forms, easy to get. Just go to winningponies.com. Like we said, a lot of great racing on tap. Well, if you were uh, trying to get to the races at Oaklawn Park today and wondered why they didn't show up, the rains that have plagued uh, Louisiana and Arkansas uh, pretty much uh, have been just dousing on Hot Springs all week, and for the safety in the horses and riders, uh, they decided to forego uh, today's uh, card. Now, uh, of course, uh, when we talk to Jenny Reese, we'll be talking about the ultimate Kentucky Derby poll presented by a Brisnet that uh, it was her concept to come up with. Uh, and, of course, later we'll talk about uh, Jay Privman and Mike Watchmaker's Derby Watch. But uh, recapping the ultimate Derby poll, Quickly, it was Mohamen still on top, Nyquist in second, Moore Spirit will run this weekend, uh, then Gunrunner fifth, Brody's Cause, he's going to run down at Tampa, and then Zulu, Exaggerator, is going to run this week, so we'll be talking about him with Jay Pribman, Mo Tom, Shagaf, and Greenpoint Crusader are your top ten there. Now, uh, for those of you that like to bet the... Uh, Kentucky Oaks future wager. Don't make any bets or you won't be allowed to make any bets on Dubai-based Polar River. Uh, this uh, fantastic filly has been announced that she will not be coming to the U.S. So uh, there will be 23 separate wager interest, and then, of course, you'll get the mutual field or all others. Uh, the Oaks future wager, you can wager weeks in advance. You get different odds if you got a hot horse. Uh, $2 minimum win bets and $2 exact bets. You can do this this weekend at a track or OTB near you. Uh, if you want to check a look at the odds right now, you can check it out. Uh, if you go to www.kentuckyoaks.com, they will give you future updates on the odds. Well, like I said, uh, we're going to be covering mostly the races in California with Jay, but there are some big races down in Florida. It's going to be the richest day of racing in the 90-year history of Tampa Bay Downs this Saturday. And grade one winner Brody's Cause is going to headline the $350,000 Tampa Bay Derby. And last year's champion mayor, Teppen, is going to go in the grade two Hillsboro Stakes the card will offer more than $1 million in purses. So you'll have to go back and forth between those two tracks, depending on how you like your betting system. But some top racing uh, down in Florida and out in California. Of course, uh, Brody's Cause is going to attempt to become the third horse to use the Tampa Bay Derby as a stepping stone to victory in the Kentucky Derby. Go back and think about it. He joined Street Sense who won the 2007 Tampa Bay Derby, and Super Saver, who didn't win it but finished third in the 2010 Derby. The Tampa Bay Derby offers 
50, 20, 10, 5 in the Kentucky Derby points. So you know that it's a very, very uh, important race for those on the Derby Trail. But they're expecting a large field for the Florida Oaks. I won't name all the horses, but uh, it's a very well-matched field. Nobody's ducking anybody uh, there. But uh, certainly um, a field of nine is expected for the Hillsborough, and all eyes will be on Teppen, who I'm sure will be a short price favorite in that mile and an eighth. Turf race for older fillies and mares. Hope none of that rain from the Midwest makes its way over to Florida over the weekend. Love to see Teppen back on the grass down there at Tampa Bay Downs. Let's uh, move forward now. Uh, because of the outbreak at Sunland Park, the Sunland Park Derby and Oaks are canceled this year. Horses are not supposed to ship in or ship out, so they've changed it a little bit. Uh, the races have been replaced with the $415,000 Sunland Park Festival of Racing Stakes, and the $200,000 Plum Pretty. So uh, let's hopefully everybody will get through the quarantine uh, and things will work out for those that want to get in and out of Sunland Park. Uh, the herpes virus that's down there, um, supposedly from what we're hearing is that they're just going to be able to reschedule these races next year. It should not be held against them. Well, it's just a matter of time before we saw this headline. Jockey Joseph O'Brien retires from racing. Uh, he's going to get his trainer's license next month, of course. He uh, is the son of the famous trainer, Aiden O'Brien. And uh, it, when I saw him riding the Breeders' Cup, you could see he looked like he was about five foot ten. And they said sooner or later he was going to outgrow the saddle. Uh, very, very tall, so he did, but still, uh, with the education that he's received from his father, I think he's going to go just fine. And if you rewind your clock to 2011, you may recall that he won for his daddy the Breeders' Cup turf on St. Nicholas Abbey. And uh, Joe O'Brien twice was the leading rider in Ireland, and in 2013 he set a record for wins in a single season and he won't be un unemployed long. We understand he has a large string of horses already set up once he gets his trainer's license. While talking about jockeys, Jose Ortiz topped his four-win day at Aqueduct on Saturday by winning five races the following day. <laughs> what, what a weekend. Uh, so Jose Ortiz was named Jockey of the Week by the representatives that vote for the Jockey Guild. Uh, he's only 22 years old and has quite the um, future ahead of him, of course. Uh, his older brother, Irad, those guys are one and two in the standings in New York. Uh, he scored with a big win in a race that we're about uh, to bring up on our race results. Again, I just want to mention congratulations to Mike Battaglia. He's going he's gonna to continue on with Turfway Park. Been working there for almost 50 years. He's going to step out of the announcer's booth, but they have announced him to be the associate vice president at Turfway Park. So he's going to stay very involved in working with developing uh, programs for the handicappers. Uh, he'll be doing analysts, uh, probably putting together handicapping contests. So it's great that uh, Mike's going to remain on at Turfway Park. Of course, his father was the general manager there. 
Well, we got to give a big tip of the cap to Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum that we had on last week. What a great week he had handicapping. Okay, we'll start with the Gotham that could have impact on the Derby. Uh, this was Dan's shortest price. Uh, he came up with Shagath. Excuse me there, a little bug in my throat. Uh, but the, the horse uh, that he that he was kind of pushing with this horse that he thought had an upside to him, shipping him from Santa Anita, was Leoban. And Leoban got there at 15 to 1, was the speed of the race. There was a speed bias all day. And uh, I read Ortiz just kind of stayed right behind Leoban, moved out as they approached the lane and got the job done. Dan Elman, $46.60, the exact uh, thank you very much. Then we went to Gulfstream Park, the very one. And the odds-on favorite in here was uh, part of several horses Chad Brown have. Deceda went off at 3-5, to five, but Dan went for the German-bred Orlada and upset Deceda, even though this was a very short field, still came home with a $22 exacta as those two horses ran 1-2. Then in the Gulfstream Park handicap, the winner was Dan's upset pick as he predicted. We all thought that Valid was the, the, the one to beat in here, but Dan said he had an upset pick in here. Blofeld at 9-1 to one, came back and paid $21.40 after hugging the rail and forth, put in a solid finish under Johnny V for Todd Pletcher. And then the last race that we handicapped, uh, this is the only one that Dan didn't hit uh, all day, and that was Grand Tito stalked the pace in the Mac Dermita, getting the job done over Kaigen, who's a millionaire horse, and in the third spot was Mr. Maybe, the horse that, that Dan liked there, had some pretty decent odds. So that's a look at uh, last week's uh, race action that we handicapped here on Winning Ponies. And again, now, like I said, uh, T.D. Houghton won't be able to join us, but one of our favorite guests is going to update us on what she's doing, and let me tell you, it's very varied, and that's none other than five-time Eclipse Award winner Jenny Reese. She's going to be joining us here just in a little bit. Right now, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a lifesaver. I just called her a few hours ago when I found out T.D. Houghton had taken ill, and she was ready, willing, and able to come on with us at Winning Ponies. Certainly, she's not breaking her maiden here by any stretch of the imagination. For decades, you read her in the Louisville Courier-Journal, and now she has parted ways with that company, and as she said at the uh, Eclipse Awards, uh, she was looking forward to her next adventures in life and kind of reinventing herself, and from everything I've seen, she's done a darn good jockey, a darn good job. She's done everything but be a jockey, and uh, so with us now is Jenny Reese. Jenny, I have to ask you, was your first job reinventing yourself being a hot walker for Pat Dupuy? Well, that's an old job. <laughs> but if I could get a hot walking job that paid, that would be a new one for me. You know, for uh, for years, I've off and on helped Pat out walking horses and stuff. And, and I'm sure he's thinking this is going to be part of my reinvention. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I'm really having a, a, a blast. That's funny that you mentioned about being a jockey because you guys have dreams. You know how we have these anxiety dreams about that you're in college and you forget until the last day when the final is that you had the class and you don't know what any of the subject matter was. I have anxiety dreams sometimes that, like, for some reason I'm in riding a horse in the Breeders' Cup and it amazes me why would anybody put me on a horse in the Breeders' Cup. And But the real anxiety comes when the race is over thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to weigh in. <laughs> That's my <laughs> At least you meet the height requirement. So there's no problem there. Um, well, I, I know I, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago when uh, I see that uh, you, you came up with this concept uh, for the ultimate Kentucky Derby poll. Uh, looks like you went to the, the, the powers to be at Brisnet, and it seems like you've uh, assembled a murderer's row of national handicappers that that ch- chime in on their picks and give reasons for. You can get comments on, on everybody's uh, uh, analyst of why they pick the horses they pick. Tell me a little bit about how it, the brainchild of it and how it's going. Well, you know, I'm good friends with Mike Penn with Horse Racing Radio Network and stuff and just talking about some things. I said, you know, why don't we do a poll? And, um, you know, Mike's really good. One thing I... I have no experience in this, like sales and stuff, and Mike can put things together. And he went to Brisbane. They were very enthusiastic, you know, Ed DeRosa. And um, so we sponsored this poll. It runs on, at uh, horseracingradio.net on Monday. So it comes out. And uh, I think it's just the first of more ventures to come. Very, and um, like I said, just the things you learn. <laughs> and uh, really had a good time. And one thing we wanted to do with this poll, we wanted to have some, like, really professional handicappers on there. So we've got Jonathan Kinson, who, you know, won last year's NHC Tour on there. And we've got uh, Michael Betak, who won, the I think it was the 2012 uh, NHC Championship and earned the million dollars and stuff. So we've got some people that, as a matter of course, really, really, really put their money where their mouth is. And uh, 
um, I think you get some interesting perspectives with that. Well, I do. I, I like that. You know, you just don't have your, your, your turf writers there. You've got people that uh, have actually, you know, won some major money, and so they've got some great reasons for the horses that they're coming up with. As we know from all of our experience, so much of that can change over the next several weeks with a, a huge effort. Uh, I mean, not too many people were talking about Gunrunner a few weeks ago, and he's jumped up to the number four spot. <laughs> I was. I've had a number two from the beginning. It really? Yeah. yeah, I've liked Gunrunner since, um, he, you know, he broke his mate. I'll tell you one thing I like about him, too. Now, he's a horse that improves every race just steadily. You know, he's not really flashy, but I think he'll absolutely stay, be one of those grinders. And just, I, I just think, you know, like I said, the improvement he's making and, um, you know, some of his works. And, you know, if there's any justice to now, Steve Asmussen, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first time after being taken off the last couple of years. So what turned out to be just scurrilous, is that the word, um, you know, uh, just made up charges about uh, of, of abuse in his barn and stuff by uh, um, an animal rights, you know, but P- uh, PETA, but of course... You know, Pete is a propaganda agency, but then it gets picked up by the New York Times, and um, then it gave it legs. And, uh, you know, so now he was cleared by Kentucky. He was pretty much cleared by New York. They did come up with finding Steve Asmussen. I realize I'm getting off point, but a $10,000 fine for um, something that he'd never been even charged with by the Stewarts for some rules violation, they said. Uh, but anyways, the point being... That, you know, racing gods sometimes have a way of, do, you know, making, trying to make things right and do-overs and stuff. And, and, and Gunrunner, you know, if he could win the Derby the same year he's on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. I will say this about the Hall of Fame ballot. It's one of the toughest, the top four get-in that I've seen. And you also have Rachel Alexander and Zenyatta on there. We know they're both going to get in. Um, <laughs> but, but just, um, but, you know, Gunrunner, I just think that he's, He's got a lot of the goods, and like I said, he's not really flashy or anything like that, but I think he's just the kind of horse that will be a squared price. He's been a good betting horse all along, and I don't think he's ever been favored. Um, now, maybe that will change in the Louisiana Derby. Well, I, I would think that uh, next week, too, we're going to see some shakeups because uh, I believe that uh, eight of probably what would be considered the top ten Derby contenders are going to be racing this weekend. So I'm looking forward to uh, my upcoming segment with Jay Privman because in the San Felipe, uh, you've got uh, more spirit and exaggerator mm-hmm. uh, that I know are on your list. Uh, yeah, I like here. exaggerator a lot, too. I think he's the same kind of force, an improving horse. But you're right, and I can't wait to hear Jay Privman either. <laughs> he has. That's great insight, the stuff. You know, you listen to him and you think, why did I make it that point? Or why did I say it that way? He's like my idol. Well, uh, I know we've been having some fun going back and forth on Twitter today saying you were his warm-up act. And he's like, what, are you kidding me? He says, never go on <laughs> after children, animals, or Jenny Reese. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's Mark Key for sure. He is, and I really enjoyed his uh, Derby Watch tete-a-tete with Mike Watchmaker every week, so I always make sure that I tune into that. Well, back to Jenny Reese. Uh, we've covered the uh, Ultimate Kentucky Derby poll. Then a couple weeks ago, I 
turn on my computer and I see Jenny Reese named publicity director at Kentucky Downs. How's that going? Yeah, I'm, I'm joining you on the publicity side. But, I'm, yeah, I'm also, like you, I do journalism, too. Um, you know, they race five days a year. So it is a part-time job. I was really very happy to get, very happy they were one of the first people that reached out to me. And I've got to say, I've been really um, thrilled and kind of uh, overwhelmed by the interest in people in the, you know, entities in horse racing thinking that I can do something to help them. And it's been very gratifying. You know, I didn't know, you know, you don't know, you, you know, do something for a long time and then you take a buyout and, you know, with the corporate called the retirement, I'm not retiring, as you know, um, and, but you don't know if people think you're over the hill or something, but now people are really, you know, I, I, just today I even got two other um, promising dealers for things that um, I think will work out, but I'm just not in position to say, but I'm very happy about Kentucky Downs. What a, a cool racetrack, um, really great racing that they get, full fields, and, you know, they're giving away all that money, the riches that, you know, purses in the country. Um, and I thought they didn't really get a lot of bang for the buck, a lot from a publicity standpoint, and I'm hoping that I can change that. Uh, I'm working for Oakland Park. I'm very excited about that. They're sending me out to the Rebel next week and the Arkansas Derby to do blogging, to, you know, right for their website, to, to do social media, and um, to, you know, do a, a couple of public appearances and, you know, just really excited about that, that an out-of-state track would reach out to me like that. So, um, you know, I'm working for the Kentucky HBPA. I'm going to be doing some stuff for the National HBPA. Um, I'm going to be doing something for the Kentucky Equine Education Program, or project, rather. And just a, a variety of things, but the theme is it's all about promoting horse racing for the most part. Um, and uh, especially, you know, kind of concentrating on Kentucky racing. So I think it all fits in, in very well. There's Sky High Racing, and you had Dr. Diamond on last week. I'm going to help them with communications and um, just different things that I never really had an opportunity to do before. And it's really, really fun. I feel very invigorated. And I want to say one thing that I have learned. One of, one of my early gigs with, with, for the NTRA, for the NHC, to go out there and be part of their social media team. And what I think I realized there is, you know what? There's still a place for us old school journalists. <laughs> <There's certainly laughs> good there. And that made me feel really good to realize that and, you know, what you bring to the table and that, you know what? We can learn this social media. I've had to learn it. Jay's had to learn it. Does a, a fantastic job um, with it. And, but we also still have sort of the old school, what is a story senses and the idea of how do you get out um, information that maybe other people don't know? How do you bring out that story that maybe hasn't been told yet? And those are the kinds of things that the journalists still put together. And then social media can get it out, you know? But if nobody's getting that stuff out, it's kind of hard. You have to have, you know, the blend. And I was just really, really happy to see that, that, you know, that I thought this is going to work. It made me realize this is going to work, me reinventing myself. And, um, and, and just like I said, the, the people that have approached me um, to wanting to hire me to help them with, with stuff, 
I said, realize I can do the social media too. And I do want to say, I am doing some journalism stuff too. Um, I do some writing for Thurbert Daily News. Um, I just did a piece for Consolation, Winstar Farms Magazine, uh, the Keeneland Magazine. Uh, I covered the NHC for the Blood Horse. So, um, you know, I don't really need to see a byline again if, if it doesn't work out that way. I'd get as big a thrill if I could pitch a story to somebody about one of the people, one of the entities I'm working for. And they, or like you, you know, pitch having Jonathan Kinchin on your show and then you have them on your show like you kindly did. To me, I get a kick out of that these days. So this very, um, um, it, it's just been very cool. It's been very cool to be me this year, I gotta say. Well, one last thing, my producer's telling me I got one minute to post, but there's a story that not everyone may know about. You say what you will, but uh, we can, you're going to be at the Kentucky Oaks this year, and we mm-hmm. are voting for you to make sure that you get in that Kentucky Oaks parade because I know that a passion of yours right now is breast parade. cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get in there by getting votes. So tell my listeners how they get on yeah, there okay. to vote for Jenny Reese to be in the parade. Yeah, go to KentuckyDerby.com, and you'll see at the top where there's, you know, a story about the uh, Survivor's Parade. Click on that, and they'll say nominations. Go down to R, Jenny Reese, my sister nominated me. You can vote once a day per IP ad, um, address. And I really want to use this. I am One reason I'm having such a great year, even having had uh, several surgeries for breast cancer, including three weeks ago, a bilateral mastectomy, um, but I was lucky. It was very, very early detection, only detectable through a mammogram. So I want to use my media platform to preach to women, get that mammogram. I was talking to a woman that works at Churchill Downs the other day. She was, oh, I just haven't had one so long. I, hate. I said, listen, you've got to have it because it would be a whole lot worse if you find out late about something. And really get that message out about that and breast cancer awareness. And I'm really, really hoping that I can be part of the parade and help get the message out, and it's a very, very cool part of the Kentucky Oaks, and I would just be very, very honored if I could participate. Well, we're going to get you in there again, KentuckyDerby.com. Go on there, vote for Jenny Reese. Jenny, thanks so much for helping me on such short notice. Sure. Of course, we all hope T.D. Houghton uh, is, going to, is going to be fine, and uh, I'll be in touch with you. Don't worry about that, Jenny. Thanks again. I really appreciate the short notice. Hey, no problem, John, Anytime. Okay. All right, we've been talking with five-time Eclipse Award winner Jenny Reese. We're going to take a quick break and be back with one of our best national handicappers, an outstanding writer, and a good guy, Jay Privman. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with us again, one of my favorite guests, and I know I've got a lot of input from you listeners that you love him too. I can't believe he spends as much time with us as he does, and that's Jay Pribman from the Daily Racing Forum. He's kind of a West Coast guy, so that's where we're going to go with our handicapping, but I've got a lot more to talk to him about that. What most impresses me is that he's able to come from Kentucky, California, go to Kentucky. Six times he's won the Red Smith Award for Best Kentucky Derby Story. He's, I'm sure he's got other trophies all over. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, he's, he's writing against the best of the best to win that award, and uh, I'm just proud to have him on. Jay Brivman, how are you? Did, did Jenny do a good warm-up show for you? As always, a tough act to follow. Uh, she's, uh, she's a great person, and glad she was on the show today, and uh, really hope that she gets to walk in that uh, Survivor's Parade on Oaks Day. Well, I know I've been going up to KentuckyDerby.com. I feel like I'm in Chicago. I vote every day for her. <laughs> vote early, vote often. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, you know, for, for the years that, that you've worked with the Daily Racing Forum, obviously uh, things have grown, things have changed. Uh, years ago, I used to love reading your tete-a-tete with Mike Watchmaker, although it seems like this year it's a kindler gentler version i'm not sure which one of you guys is pulling your punches but anyhow derby watch top 20 people can go up now and if they want to just kick back throw the headphones on or turn their computer up actually watch you guys go back and forth skyping uh how's that working out because i enjoy the heck out of it yeah i know we enjoy it we we do a recap we do a couple two videos each week we do a recap of the previous weekend's races that impacted derby watch and then we preview uh, the races to come. We always tape that on Wednesday, and it's it's up by the end of the day on on Wednesday. And it's it's funny, you know, uh, we we actually did have a little bit of a de- debate over the performance of Shagoff and the Gotham Stakes in terms of the the track bias that day. Mike is of the belief that it was a, a rail bias, and I am of the belief that it was a speed bias. I maintain that it didn't matter whether you're on the rail or two or three lengths off of it; you just needed to be up forwardly placed and that that was more important than just hugging the, the, the rail. So we had a little bit of a, a, a debate over that and what it meant in terms of the trip that Shagoff had in, in terms of him winning the, the Gotham. So may, maybe, the, maybe the barbs are starting to heat up, John. <laughs> I hope so. Well, you know, of course, that was one of the races uh, we played uh, last week. I had uh, uh, the Daily Racing Forum's uh, uh, Dan Illman on, another handicapper I respect very much. And... Uh, 
he came up with a winner of that. And then when I went back and listened to you guys, you guys uh, had a lot to say about Shagaf. And, and, and I see what you're saying. It looked to me like it was kind of like car racing, that he just kind of uh, you know put himself behind the speed horse. Uh, the other nice uh, uh, addition that you've put on with the, the daily racing form now is DRF Live. It's like I'm hanging out in the press box with you guys on Saturdays. And they just kept early on talking about you know, the speed bias, the speed bias, the rail, the speed bias all day long, and alluding to how that might affect the Gotham. And really, I mean, uh, I read Ortiz did a fantastic job. I know about, with four furlongs left, he even let a couple horses go by him on the outside, but he stayed down there on the rail, and it really wasn't until they turned for home that he came, you know, out to about the three path and uh ran down uh, Loban, if I'm saying his name right. But uh, when you go back and listen to you guys' an analysis of the Gotham 2, you guys were very high on Shagath. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say that we're very high on him. We, we, we like him, but we're a little concerned that his buyer figures are still in, in the kind of moderate range. But, you know, to his defense, he's only had three starts. That was his first stake race last week. It was his first time around two turns. And so he was giving away experience on those fronts to all of his rivals, and he still won the race. So in that context, it was a good performance. But in terms of the overall three-year-old crop, he, he needs to step up his game in the wood if he's going to be considered an elite Kentucky Derby contender. And he's owned by the same outfit that owns Mohamen. So uh, they, they certainly have a nice one-two punch, but... I think everybody would safely say right now that Mohamed is, is clearly the better of those two. Well, we know that uh, the lure of a million dollars will pretty much bring anybody any place. And so we're going to see the Redham O'Neill team go with Nyquist down to Florida in the Florida Derby uh, to have the much-anticipated meeting with Mohamed. For some reason, I thought the first time they'd see each other was on the first Saturday in May. Uh, what, what's your read on this early bout? Well, it's, it's really kind of an unprecedented situation because they're both undefeated and they've been racing on different coasts, but now you're going to get Nyquist leaving his home base of Santa Anita to run uh, at Gulfstream in that final prep. Uh, Nyquist is eligible for a million-dollar bonus if he were to win the race. Uh, Mohamed is just based down there, and it just it just makes the most sense for him to stay there. It's a little more interesting that Nyquist is going there, but one of the reasons, in addition to the bonus, one of the other thing that was appealing to Doug O'Neill and owner Paul Redham is that the Florida Derby is five weeks prior to the Kentucky Derby as opposed to four for the Santa Anita Derby, and they just kind of like the spacing of that better uh, for him. Uh, but he'll have only had, he's only had the one prep, Coming back, uh, he had obviously a very ambitious two-year-old campaign capped off by his Breeders' Cup Juvenile win, and he hasn't lost, and he turned back to 7 eighths and won the San Vicente over Exaggerator, who's going to be turning up this weekend at Santa Anita in the San Felipe. So it, it, obviously Nyquist has terrific form, but he's going into Mohamed's home base for that, and it's going to be a, a, a big challenge, I think. 
Yeah, it, it really is. But it's it's kind of cool that nobody's ducking anybody, and we'll get a good read on the both of them. I hope it's a photo finish at the wire. Um, just want to turn back again, talking about the, the Derby Watch Top 20 and, and you and Mike, for people that, that go to drf.com, that you guys also do video replays of the upcoming races, our contenders in the upcoming races, and then you go back and uh, – you do your video replay of the week, like you went back and reviewed the Gotham. As you pointed out with, with Mike this week, that eight of the top 20 horses on the Derby Watch are going to be running this Saturday. Obviously, a bunch of them are going to be coming out of the San Philippe. And uh, a exaggerator, I read your column today, certainly has huge upside. Maybe seven furlongs wasn't his best. And you go back and look at the competition. Even if you go to his maiden race, you know he ran. He got beat by Nyquist in his maiden. Uh, then he, uh, of course, finished fourth to him in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, faced him in the San Vicente. Uh, just seems to be a, an upside to this horse. Son of Curlin, as you pointed out. And I really like the, the brother team of Keith and Kent DeSormo. That's got to make a great storyline for a writer like you. Oh, certainly so. And, uh, you know, Keith, I think, has done a terrific job. He's always been a good trainer, but he never really had a whole lot of money behind him. And even most of the horses that he's done well with have been kind of bargain purchases. Uh, but you look at the success he's had with Exaggerator and Swipe and, the you know, going back with Texas Red is nearing his first start as a four-year-old. I mean, he's he's really uh, found his stride. He's doing He's doing very, very well. He's a pleasure to deal with, and I think he does a great job as a trainer and you're right i mean what a what a neat story with the, the the training brother and the and the jockey brother combining forces with exaggerator but as you mentioned i mean there's eight derby watch horses running this weekend and five of them are in the san vicente the other three in the tampa bay derby so it's going to be a big weekend for our top 20 list absolutely it is well let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the san felipe i mean the the horses that are on your top 20 are uh, uncle lino uh, Dancing Candy, More Spirit, and Smoky Image, who I believe you referred to as a California Chrome lookalike. He is. I mean, he's, he's a cowbred. He's chestnut. He's got some white on him, and uh, he's undefeated at this point, which California Chrome wasn't uh, coming into his, uh, his big three-year-old prep races. But he's going to have to step up and see if he can beat the big boys, because this is by far the toughest test he's had. You know, the other comparison that, that is favorable for him in California Chrome is that Victor Espinosa rides him. So you've got a lot of parallels there. Uh, but, you know, this is this will be the toughest test Smoky Image has had. But I think he's got a lot of quality, and his last couple of works have been very, very good, and I, I think he'll give a good account of himself on Saturday. Well, I, I have had the opportunity to see several of his races, and I must say, visually, um, kind of impressive. Uh, he, he's shown the ability to go wire to wire. He's shown the ability to rate a little bit. Uh, it, it'll be very, very interesting. I just love when a horse sired by a $2,500 horse uh, is, is uh, closing in on a half a million dollars in earnings. Well, um, a horse uh, that I saw race at Riverdowns years ago won the Bassinet Stakes. Her name was Ama Dixie Girl. She's the dam of more spirit who uh, is probably the biggest threat to Exaggerator, if you consider him the favorite. Yeah, I, I would say, I think More Spirit will probably end up being the favorite, but it's going to be close in the betting. Uh, you know, More Spirit's the most accomplished 
horse out here outside of Nyquist, uh, having won the Los Alamitos Futurity, and then he won the Robert Lewis last month. Uh, and he just acts like the kind of horse who's get, just getting kind of warmed up at a mile and a 16th. And the race on Saturday will be a mile and a 16th, the same distance that he's won at his last couple of starts. But he acts like the kind of horse who, going to a mile and an eighth for the Santa Anita Derby or then a mile and a quarter for the Kentucky Derby, it's going to be right up his alley. And, you know, at this time of year, that's just so important because there's a number of horses who you look at and you wonder if they're going to be able to, to do it. But he certainly acts like he wants all that and more. Well, uh, two others from your uh, top 20 list. Uh, Uncle Lino, who showed the uh, early speed, led into the stretch in the Robert B. Lewis. Uh, first time stretching out to a mile and a 16th. Certainly could benefit from that race. And uh, Danzing Candy, uh, this whole candy ride line is just so hot right now, twirling candy. Mike Smith's going to stay on this one, even though its last race was just an optional claimer. But it just seems like it, the, the longer the horse goes, the, the better he likes it. Yeah, he looks like he's got a lot of natural talent. He's won his last couple of starts. Uh, he, he really just pulverized that allowance field last time. But this is obviously a big step up for him. It's only his fourth start. It's his, it'll be a stake debut, and it's it's a really tough race. The depth of quality of this race is is as good as we've seen for a derby prep so far this year. And the other thing that Danzing Candy's got to get better at is breaking out of the gate. He's, he's had some problems that first stride or two out of the gate, and you can get away with that against lesser competition, but when you start running against the big boys, you can't make any mistakes. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he's progressed in that department because uh, I think that would serve him well if he can break cleanly from the gate. And as for Uncle Lino, I thought he ran a good race last time. He was in a tough spot. He had to chase, I will score, and then try and hold off more spirit, uh, and he finished second to more spirit in that race. He, he drew the rail. And he, he's the kind of horse who can, he can sit a trip. He doesn't have to gun out of there. And I would think that in this race, they'd probably try and take advantage of that and just maybe if somebody's committed to going, uh, just, just sit there and, and try and get a good trip on the inside and then come out and, and, and go get him. So uh, the depth of this race is really, really exciting. I like it. Of course, 50 points go to the winner, so they'll punch their derby ticket uh, out of this. Again, we're talking with uh, Jay Pribman from the Daily Racing Forum. We've just been talking about the San Felipe, but let's move on to a race of historic proportion. Uh, when you go back and, and look at the San Anita Handicap, uh, the names just jump off. You know, horses, you know, like uh, Sea Biscuit have won this race. The Great Round Table, Hill Rise, uh, Ack Ack, uh, Affirm, Spectacular Bid, John Henry two times, uh, more modern day Lava Man two times. Um, this is just such a fantastic race. It's uh, it, it's right up there. I'm sure on the West Coast with uh, the Kentucky Derby. Jay, you've been covering racing for long enough. Do you have recollections of your favorite Santa Anita handicap? I've seen quite a few over the years. I mean, uh, the, the the second time John Henry won the big cap was obviously a memorable one because he won on a DQ of Perot. And at that point in the race's history, nobody had ever won the Santa Anita handicap twice. So it was a it was a historic race. It was an exciting race. It was a controversial race. Uh, and that was when I was first starting to to cover racing for the L.A. Daily News, which was my first job out of college. So I have very, very vivid memories of that race and how upset Charlie Whittingham was that Perot had been taken down. And uh, it was, you know, that was a very exciting race. And, you know, to see 
the horses like affirmed and spectacular bid win it and in more recent vintages still game on dude won it three times and one of his races he just ran as good a race as you could run i mean it was a freakishly good performance uh and i i think he was a horse who was who never got the proper recognition he's probably one of the best horses not to win an eclipse award in, in the last five years so there's been a lot of fun uh fun runnings of that race uh over the years and i I don't think this year's field measures up to what we've seen in the past. The the Dubai World Cup is really, uh, because it's ten times the money, it's lured California Chrome and Opportunity, and so it, you're, you're getting horses that are maybe a cut below those, but one of the things that's intriguing about this race, you've got a couple of horses who've shipped in for it from back east, most notably FNX, who won the Clark, and prior to that was second to American Pharaoh in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and so... Uh, He's obviously of uh, terrific quality, but he's going to be going a mile and a quarter uh, off of a long layoff. So it's a, it's a it's a really it's a good race from a from a gambling standpoint. I don't know that the quality is what we've seen in the past for a big cap, but it should be a fun race. Well, it, it does surprise me that in this field, there's only two horses that have won at a mile and a quarter, and obviously FNX dominates there. He's won 1.4 million. And, of course, he ran second to American Favor in the Breeders' Cup Classic, stays in Kentucky, and uh, wins the Clark Handicap. And Mike Smith, who won the San Antonio, I believe there's four horses coming out of that race in here, has taken the option to stick with FNX uh, rather than Imperative. Uh, that was a huge race in the San Antonio. You probably got a chance to watch it uh, with four horses coming out of that race. Uh, was there someone that impressed you the most other than Imperative? Well, I mean, Imperative, it was a tough beat. I mean, he'd be, be, he's had a long losing streak, and he's had a couple of tough beats in that losing streak, and that was a tough one because it, it was a bob of the heads with opportunity, and he just took the worst of it. Uh, so uh, it, it, he's a hard-knocking horse. He's a really good-looking horse, and I think Richard Baltus has done a good job with him since he's taken over, and uh, I, I would, it would not surprise me at all if, if he were able to to win the race, uh, but you know, with with opportunity not running back in the race, uh, it, it it loses a little bit of the the starch with when you see the horses that are coming out of it. Even though, as you mentioned, there's a number of horses that that exit that race when when the winner doesn't come back uh, and run in the next one, it, it takes a little bit of the starch out of it. You know, Donworth I thought ran a good race. Uh, I'm not sure that he wants to go a mile and a quarter, but considering he was coming off a long layoff last time and was making his first start for the O'Neill bar, and I thought he ran a, a good race in that context. I just don't know how much he moves forward and if it's going to be enough to, to win going out to a mile and a quarter against the likes of, uh, of FMX. Yeah, and uh, Don, we're very lightly raced. He'll only be making his sixth career start. He is a son of Tisnow, who won this race in 2001, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. But we've got some so much great racing out there, uh, Jay. Early on the card, We've got kind of a short field in the Frankie Kilroe Mile, but it's a grade one. It's on the turf, but, man, this field is full of talent. Yeah, it's, it's a really good race. I mean, you've got, you know, one of you who's just really made terrific progress for, for Kenny Black. Um, Ohm is uh, obviously a top-class miler. Uh, I think he'll... Appreciate the distance. You got Midnight Storm, who just ran a tremendous race at Del Mar last fall, and I think he's going to fire fresh off the layoff for Phil D'Amato. So 
you know, you got horses uh, of that ilk in there. Like you said, it's a, it's a small field, uh, but you know him, all those three in Valley, It's it, the, the the quality of that race is very very good. Well, uh, Bolo obviously a talented horse, but he's just got to stay out of races that have the word Derby on it. <laughs> when you look at his worst races, it was the Santa Anita Derby, the Kentucky Derby, and the Belmont Derby, and all of his lifetime wins with over four hundred eight thousand dollars have taken place on the turf, and we are going a mile on the turf uh, in the Frank Kilrow. So it, it, I think they finally figured out uh, we need to stay off the main and uh, do what this horse does well. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's been he's he's good enough to to flirt with decent dirt horses. I mean, his, his race in the Santa Anita Derby wasn't bad, uh, but he, he's obviously better on grass. And I, I think this was the right move to leave him on the grass for this race because there was they did debate a little as to whether or not to run him the Santa Anita Handicap when when it was something you had to kind of look at when you realized what that field was 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 looking like a couple weeks ago. But they decided to leave him on the grass and. I do think that's the right move. I mean, it took the time to get him back off that long layoff after uh, after he was off for so long after the race in New York, and he ran a terrific race last time to win. And I mean, this this is this is his wheelhouse—a mile on grass. Well, uh, we're talking with Jay Privman from the Daily Racing Forum. My producers tell me I got about three minutes left, so I got to put his feet to the fire for the Grade Two San Carlos. Love this distance. It's very unique. Seven furlongs here at, at Santa Anita. And uh, looks like Wild Dude and Kobe's back are going to get in the ring again. Uh, they ran 1-2 last year. When you look at their running lines in the daily racing form, you keep seeing that bold type. And it just seems like Kobe's back, who's a notorious bad gate horse, just has a problem getting by Wild Dude. Yeah, I think seven eighths will help him. I I, I think he, he might be better than Wild Dude going out to seven eighths. Uh, he has had well chronicled problems breaking from the gate, though he didn't break as poorly last time, and it served him well. Uh, and I like where he's drawn for this race. Uh, you know, he, he, he he's just going to come out of there from the outside, and I think going seven eighths, you'll see him make a nice big run down the stretch. And the other horse is interesting. His calculator, he came off of a yes. long layoff. He had a serious injury at age three, and he won last time. And I, I think he's got a right to improve off of that race. And he was a really accomplished two turning young three when he was still a maiden, but chasing American Pharaoh a couple times in grade one races. So he's got some back class as well. And he was chasing American Pharaoh very well, finished second to him in both the Del Mar Futurity and the grade one front runner. So, uh, you know, if he's healthy again, he's going to be very, very dangerous. Only ran once uh, last year. And then, of course, uh, you've got some talent in there with, uh, with Mystery Train, who will be coming back and making its first uh, 2016 start. Just kind of a mystery horse there uh, back in, uh, it was running very, very well, and then all of a sudden kind of, fell off the table there. Uh, and then you've got, uh, for, out of the Palace Verdes, um, Cautious Giant, and again, the horse you mentioned earlier, Kobe's back, who might be uh, sitting in the sweet spot. Of course, Gary Stevens, regular rider, will be in the saddle. Uh, you are have such a talent-laden jockey's room out there. I, I, my eye, though, is always drawn to who does Gary Stevens and Mike Smith like. Yeah, they uh, they kind of ride by appointment these days, but they've earned it at this stage of their career. They still get the the choicest mounts, and they don't mess around with a lot of the lesser races. And you know, both have really, really top mounts, and all those 
stakes races on Saturday. I mean, the, the lineup Gary's got is uh, is pretty strong when you look at more spirit and uh, you know Kobe's back at home. I mean, he's 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 sitting on a potentially really big day. Well, uh, Jay Pribman, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to handicap these races and, and share it with us. And I do want to remind all of our listeners, you've got to go to, to drf.com. Uh, make sure uh, every week you turn in, check out the Derby Watch, because uh, Mike Watchmaker and Jay do a, a fantastic job at, at bringing you not only their opinions, but uh, a video of what they're talking about, and it's going to only help you become a better handicapper. Well, I appreciate you saying that very much, John. I always enjoy being on the show with you. Well, thanks so much for being on as often as you have been. Sometimes I feel like I'm burning up your uh, your phone minutes, but uh, we love having you on. Like I said, I get a lot of positive feedback uh, from our listeners. So, uh, Jay Pribman, thank you so much, and have a great Saturday out there at Santa Anita. Thanks, John, very much. Okay, well, once again, I want to wish the best to T.D. Houghton. Hopefully, we can get him back on the show to talk about his award as Comeback Jockey of the Year. So we'll send a prayer out to him. And I want to remind everybody, go to KentuckyDerby.com and vote for Jenny Reese to be in the Kentucky Oaks Parade. So thanks to all those people. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to pull down your easy win forms at winningponies.com. I'm looking out over the manicured turf course across the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I want to remind you all, remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.